1 Thessalonians 2.8. And I'm going to read a section before it. I'm going to read verses 6 through 10. So this is 1 Thessalonians 2, verses 6 through 10. We were not looking for praise from people, nor from you or anyone else, even though as apostles of Christ we could have asserted our authority. Instead, we were like young children among you, just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. And here's where we're going to focus on today. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Because we loved you so much, not only, uh, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. So this little snippet of a verse, I mean, it's not even all of verse 8, it's most of verse 8, because the way they did the verses in 1 Thessalonians 2 doesn't seem to make uh, much sense completely all the way. Um, but the context here uh, is Paul, for this letter is Paul's love for the people at the church at Thessalonica. It's a church in a city, and Paul loved these people. He'd been through hell for them, and there's a reason why he'd been through hell for them, because he loved them so much. That's why he worked for them, and that's why he shared his life for them with them. And this is really what a family is. A family is something more than a duty. It's something more than you feel like you ought to do. It's something that you delight in doing. It's something that you get to do. It's something more than the responsibilities we have to one another. Of course, those things are real. Those things exist. But it's really a group of people who share a common story. And that common story works itself out in unique ways. Because we're all made uniquely. And Paul shared with these people in Thessalonica, he shared with them the gospel. And you can read 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians and see kind of how Paul did that with them. Uh, this includes preaching on Sundays, of course. When we think of sharing the gospel or talking about proclaiming the gospel, maybe we think of like someone like in my situation talk, preaching. Um, but it also includes the everyday conversations that he had with them outside of the kind of worship service situation. Sharing the gospel means to bring the story of Jesus to bear in all areas of life. And if, we aren't, if we're only doing that on Sunday, that means the gospel is kind of disconnected from our regular lives. Because this is not regular life. This is very different than regular life. It's abnormal life. Um, and also, that if we only think of speaking the gospel as preaching, um, then that would mean the only person who shares the gospel is a, whoever stands up here you know, for a short amount of time once a week. And surely we want more sharing of the gospel going on than just that. It's more broad than that. Every Christian is called to share the message of the gospel with other people. Sometimes that's between people who already believe and talking, and talking about what the gospel is. Sometimes that's with people who don't yet believe and talking about what the gospel means for them. And this is what we all do. This is what all Christians do. This is what we do as a church. So we all share the gospel with each other in formal settings, like here, and like missional community meetings, uh, and also in informal settings, like when we're messaging each other, when we're chatting, and in the future when we get to hang out. You guys remember what that was like? That was crazy, wasn't it? Uh, um, it, it whether it's formal or informal, that's where, the, the, both of those contexts are where we're called to share the gospel. And that allows the message of Jesus to transform how you are like grumpy with other people in the mornings. It allows, you, it allows the message of Jesus to transform how you're dealing or not dealing with that work colleague or in parenting, or in how to be a good friend, in all the areas of life, of everyday kind of life, that one single sermon cannot contain, in all those areas, but especially the mundane, everyday stuff. Because most of our lives, I mean, we, we may not want to admit that, but most of our lives are pretty mundane and everyday. That's actually fine. But the gospel speaks into every single one of those situations. Now, Paul did more than share the gospel, though. Because um, it says, uh, oh yeah, you have it up here. 
uh, we delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, which is kind of what you'd assume from someone like Paul, he's an apostle, but also their lives as well. Their lives as well. The gospel is an embodied reality. It's not just some kind of view of things or a value system or a worldview or whatever. It's not a theory. It's more than that. It, it is those things, but it's more than that. It's really all of life. To share the gospel and not share our lives is an attempt to limit God. To share our lives and not the gospel is an attempt to limit God. To do either of these things, the message or, or the life, um, to refrain from either of those is an attempt to kind of refrain from bringing him into our everyday life, like our real lives that we have. And really, that's what the definition of hypocrisy is, is kind of being two-faced, you know, saying something, doing another. You know, we, uh, saying someone is two-faced, which is kind of like a hypocritical thing, shows that they have, that there's no kind of authentic core to them. They have this face that shows this people, this face that shows people, there's no real authentic core. That's not, a, that's not a whole way to live. That's an incomplete way to live. And no one wants to live that way. It's disjointed. But wholeness comes from the two together. It comes from uh, the message and the life working together. Now, our mission as a church, which is something we don't talk about as much as what's written back there, our, our identity statement, which we'll get in a sec. But our mission as a church is joining God to bring wholeness to Manchester. And wholeness comes through a people living out the gospel. So there's the story and the embodiment of that story. That's how wholeness comes. And now just a quick note on going back to this verse, a quick note on where Paul says, because we loved you so much. Um, that we loved you so much is one word in the Greek. It's a, it's a rare word, and it's like an intense word. It's a word that means like longing, because we loved you so much, because we have this like longing for you. The other times it shows up in, um, around, in other literature around the time of the Bible is like this intense bodily longing. Paul is expressing an intensity in his feelings. He doesn't serve the church out of mere duty. It's not a job merely for him. I mean, there are duties related to it. It is a job kind of related to it, but it's something more than that. There's a heartfelt love that allows him to live this way. That's passion. And there, again, there are a few other places that this word is used, and it's about a strong longing from our whole being. So if we can take that longing, that strong longing from our, that comes from our whole being, if we can take that and bring it down to earth, there are a few ways that that intense love that we have for each other can be channeled here in our church today. So I'm just going to get really practical here and talk about a few things um, and how we can live this out before we hear stories of how it has already been, how it's being lived out. The first thing is on Sundays. Um, we can use uh, more people joining Sunday serving teams. So next week, we're starting kids back up. Yeah. Hey, Colin, are you excited about kids ministry starting back up in person? Yeah. Yeah, just slightly. He was like, it's today. Okay, he's dancing now. Yeah. <laughs> now he knows he's on display. Um, so we, we, uh, we need some more people to join the kids ministry team. Uh, we need some people to join the tech team, at least one or two people to do that. Um, a good, and also, it's really it's a good way to get to know people is to serve alongside them. It's one thing to hang out and we'll get there eventually, but it's another thing to kind of have a task together where you work together on it. Um, and really what that does, all these Sunday serving teams do, is they enable the thing that we were talking about here, the preaching of the gospel and the living of that out. The secondly is um, missional communities. If you're not part of one yet, you are completely missing out. You have to get part of one because it's, it's how we live this out on a more of an everyday, everyday basis. 
And if you are a part of a missional community, um, it's important, I think, that we prioritize the meeting times, that we make them important in our lives. Of course, you know, it's not like we're going to make maybe 100% of all the meetings all the time, but it should be important for us. Uh, it should, those relationships should be important for us. Like, those people should really matter in our lives. I mean, missional communities are more than meetings because they're not called missional community meetings. You don't join a missional community meeting, you join a missional community. A community is a set of relationships. Now, those sets of relationships are going to have formal meetings, like maybe once a week or twice a week or wherever it works out. But really, it's all about the relationships. Um, in those MCs, there are opportunities to speak the truth and love to each other. There are opportunities to pray with each other. There are opportunities to resolve conflict with each other. You know, we don't do many programs at Redeemer for a reason, because I want people to be all in on Sundays. I want people to be all in on missional communities. I don't want to add a whole bunch of things to people's lives, first off, I don't enjoy that when people do that to me, especially if they're kind of like, uh, maybe it's not the best thing to kind of get involved in. But it's the, if, if we're really all in on Sundays and missional communities, it doesn't really leave loads of time for loads of other programs to go on. I think it's important for us to make sure we keep that space. Not to kind of halfway be in, but to kind of be all in. You know, that said, there are other things that don't fall in the Sunday and missional community kind of context, and there are some kind of church-wide projects we have loads of these, and we talk about them kind of briefly from time to time. We don't put a massive emphasis on people joining these um, because we um, just want to keep people in missional communities and giving their time to that. Um, but we have, uh, uh, oh man, I have some things on here. We have Reach Out to the Community, which is a charity for people who are homeless and experiencing food poverty. We have a new ministry, Lord Willing, let's get us started, Projects, a skate park in Manchester. Um, we have uh, stuff that happens in Christmas. We have stuff that happens for our weekend away. Uh, we have the Charlton Arts Festival that Katrina helped, is involved in. There's, uh, the other thing that's kind of a newer thing is uh, Skate Charlton, which is renovating the skate park in Charlton Park because the skate park at Charlton Park is completely useless. It'd be better if it was completely flat. Every skater I've ever talked to said, I wish it was just flat. Um, I'm not a skater, so I'm not like, I want a cool skate park for myself. I just want Charlton Park to be the best it can be and to, uh, to be a part of serving the community in that way. A really simple way to get involved is we are, I'm part of, a, I'm one of the three directors for Skate Charlton now, um, and we are running a consultation to try and see how can we make the skate park be the best it can be. Local councilors are on board, the Friends of Charlton Park are on board, the park rangers are on board, city council's on board, but what we have to do is basically get all the information from people who are going to use that park who, or who might use that park to get um, the best idea of what we should do instead of just think we know what we're doing. One of the things we're doing is flyering all the houses within like a half mile radius. That takes a little bit of time. Actually, it's quite easy if you have like a handful of people. So if you want to be one of the fellow people handing these flyers out, uh, we can do that without being in contact with each other and keep to safe COVID guidelines and stuff. You just stuff things through letterboxes. If you want to do that, let me know. Um, we'll put stuff in either the WhatsApp group or the email about that kind of going forward. See, all these are small kind of little things that we want to get involved in. But these are ways for the gospel to be lived out in our lives. And going through life together is really how we were created to be. It's how we were meant to be. We were never meant to be isolated from each other. We were never meant to be alone. And life is so much more fulfilling when we jump into how Jesus has called us to live. That's what wholeness can look like. It can look like putting flyers through someone's door. And maybe most of those people don't want another flyer in their life. But that's okay. At least we give them the opportunity to talk to, about a skate park. Anything less than uh, sharing the gospel and sharing our lives, and we are not really living 
as the whole people that God's created us to be. And that's why before we have that mission statement of joining God in his mission for in making wholeness in, in Manchester, we have an identity statement because it's who we are before we do anything. This is who we are. We are a gospel-formed family on mission. And today we're going to hear unique stories of people who share in that common story of the gospel. And it's a way for us as a church gathering on Sunday to share our lives with each other. And you may in your missional communities have had times of like sharing stories and things like that. And that's going to be different, maybe more intimate, maybe take longer. Lots of people ask questions because you know each other better. Um, or maybe you've even done that one-on-one with each other, which is great. That's how we really are called to live. There are many ways to do that, but I, th- I thought especially given our disconnected experiences during the pandemic, it would be really good to at least, in some way, um, talk about what that could be like on Sundays. To not just really bring it up, but, but to celebrate this aspect of our faith. Now, if you are a Christian, what you will hear are stories from real people who are just like anyone else. It's one thing to hear about the gospel through teaching, but it's another to hear about how people have internalized that and lived it out um, in their own lives and how it's been transformative. I think it really kind of makes an idea real, kind of puts uh, skin on those kind of gospel bones. It could be, uh, really, if you're watching this and aren't a believer yet, or maybe you just came to faith, it could be that you might be telling one of these stories in the future. Because God's family is one where there is always room for more people around his table. He's always looking to adopt more sisters, more brothers into the family. He invites everyone, and he has more than enough for everyone. Now to those who are going to be sharing ahead of time, even though I'm talking to your video selves, um, thank you for putting yourself out there. That's not a very easy thing to do. Even if it is a simple story about yourself, that can be completely nerve-wracking. I get it. Not everybody is weird like me and is okay talking in front of people. And that's a very good thing that people aren't like me. Um, because our culture is so backward and so upside down, sharing deep parts of ourselves automatically feels scary and it automatically we have a sense that we shouldn't be doing that. But that's not really how we're called to live. As a family formed by the gospel, we have to be making space for these stories. That's, how, that's, what, that's what we get to celebrate. It should be a regular thing. It shouldn't be like, wow, do you remember that time I shared my story that one time? It should be, I've shared my story loads of times because it's just a part of who I am. Because what we do is we get to put Jesus' work on display. So it's good for the person who's sharing. It's also really great for us who get to hear it. And after each story, uh, we will, uh, I'll pray for the person who has been, um, who's been interviewed. And a special thanks to Liz Lehan, who did all these interviews to begin with. Um, and just to read, lastly, the last line of the verse we've been talking about. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. 